<laughs> Welcome back to Four and Toe Podcast, where parents can find encouragement on their journeys through homeschooling. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and this is episode 35. This is the Recast. Parents go and they release the hellions with no manners, respect, or anything else onto this part. Welcome to the Recast. We're talking about being naked. <laughs> Thing in the Bible, who always gets the shaft is right. the person following the leader. So, for all you parents out there, it doesn't matter how you raise your kids, <laughs> they might just end up the opposite of what you taught them. Well, find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. Today, I talk candidly with Serena Ryan from The Confident Homeschooler. She and I had done a few recordings together. The first one didn't work out so well. The second time we recorded, I used part of that interview on my previous episode, episode 34. You'll want to check that out when we were talking about community. After we had that conversation about community, we just kept talking. It was two homeschool moms just sitting down talking homeschool. And I really just felt like it would be good for you guys to hear what it would be like to sit down with another homeschool mom and just talk shop. We also answer a listener's question regarding how long to try out a new curriculum before you decide it's just not working for you. Enjoy. So, okay, let's, let's, I want to talk about something here. I'm going to bring up some of the questions that people have asked me. And I, I have a lot to say about it because I just think I do. Um, So one of the things that was asked, I want want to get your perspective. We have one lady asking us, Sally Caboose, which actually I know who she is, but I don't know if she wants me to really say her real name, on Instagram asked me, how long do you give a new curriculum a try before you say it's not working for your student? Now, she's had uh, one or two years of homeschooling experience, but she's still fairly new. What would you say? And again, I want to preface this with... Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think you and I are on the same page that different strokes for different folks. I truly think that what works for my family doesn't necessarily work for yours or anyone else's. So I do think this is per family. I have had curriculums. I've had them for like two weeks and decided it wasn't right and canned it. So I don't know that I'm the best person to ask, but if I have, if it's like friction from the start, I mean, you do have to give it a little bit of time, give it, you know, I think at least a month, give it a good valiant effort. But honestly, if it's like my son and I with this one curriculum that everyone loved, it just, I dreaded it. It was, I didn't like the prep that I had to do. I didn't like what he, he didn't like the the stuff. So I sold it and got a different one and it was great. So I just feel the longer you have your child in a situation that they are miserable, I'm always about not squashing their love of learning. So if I can sense their excitement for doing it or the excitement for the stuff they're learning is decreased just simply because of curriculum, I don't think it's worth it to keep it. That's what I said. Yeah. I I said something similar, although I see, I haven't had the experience of people of my kids rather um, not gelling with curriculum immediately. It's taken us some time to realize why is it that we're dreading history or why is it we're dreading science or why is it that we're dreading reading? And then I, I had to work it out because part of my, like, I don't know, way of thinking is that children learn different ways too. And so 
the yeah. way a curriculum is written can be can determine the chat the the way a child or who of which children will actually absorb the most information and exactly. so sometimes you can actually take the curriculum that you already have and change it in a way to make it uh, work for your child who doesn't automatically go for it like say you yeah. have a textbook like right. we have textbooks for our science that I I like because they are very straightforward I read them my oldest daughter loves it but it doesn't always click with some of my other kids and so we supplement with like picture books or we go on we, we do go on nature walks because we have a lot of outdoor space so if we have it if the science we're learning about is applicable to the to the outside world right by our house uh, yeah. we go out and look it look it up kind of thing and um i wouldn't use that textbook if my second daughter were actually my oldest daughter if that makes sense because yeah. we wouldn't have started with it because she doesn't learn through textbooks very well so got it yeah and you're totally right there's curriculum that my first didn't love but i knew my i saved it for my second because yeah. they're very different and i then my second liked it. And there's stuff my second loves that my first doesn't. So it is by kid by kid. And I do so luckily now I have, this hasn't happened to me a long time because I do so much research on a curriculum and really my favorite place that I tell people to go is YouTube because yeah. just going, for instance, to like the all about reading website, they'll give you a few samples. There might be this cute little kitschy video they made, but honestly, I have to go to YouTube and see a mom who has it. Like that's what sold me on all about reading is I had mm -hmm. to see like the little books that came with it and the pretty pictures and yeah. a sucker for pretty pictures. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I like the way that the teacher guide is set up. I like the way this is set up. So for me now, because I use YouTube, I've been fortunate before that I, I would choose a curriculum that just a homeschool mom and our co-op would like, mm -hmm. I would buy it. And be like, oh, oh my gosh, this is horrible. There's just a bunch of words. And it's like, teacher says, and it's like a wall of text. No, no. My, yeah. I have two boys. That does not work in our family. If it's something I have to recite like paragraphs at a time, it's not going to work. So that's where I'm at. It's like, I used to just rely on other homeschool parents to say, oh, you like that handwriting? We'll get that handwriting. And now I do my due diligence to make sure it's right for my kids. Yeah. And I think with the first year of homeschooling, that's kind of how it goes. Like my first year, I did the same thing where it was like, what do you use? What do you use? What do you use? What do you use? And I, I asked everybody I could think of. And like for, well, I started with my kids in kindergarten. So there were some things, some subjects that you don't have to cover in kindergarten that you do once you get to first, second, third grade, like science, you don't really have to teach your kids science in kindergarten. You can have science elements, but you're, it's not like you're like really teaching them about atoms and exactly. life cycles. I mean, you can kind of do it really gently. So by the time my kids got into first grade and I wanted to approach grammar or I wanted to, because kids who don't read, you don't teach them grammar yet. You start with reading. Yeah. Uh, so right. that's not even a thing in kindergarten. Um, but my oldest daughter was ready for grammar in first grade and I didn't know what to pick. And so I was looking at books that my friends had and was using what they were using and ended up finding what I liked. But if you listen to my podcast at all, you know that I switch around grammar a lot because that was one for me that I had a really hard time, like nailing down what I use uh, and what I like and what, what works for our kids. Can we have a quick conversation? Cause I, yeah. I would like to know, what do you use for the different subjects? What do you like? Because I assume you use secular curriculum, right? Well, 
Yes, and because I've had a hard time finding secular curriculum for things like science. So, yeah. So for math, we use Matthew C mm -hmm. because most of my kids are very tactile and those blocks, I'm telling you, they work. Yep. <laughs> using blocks and using those blocks help us help them. Yep. That's my go-to math. For English, okay, so language arts, I have to break into several different sections. Reading is where you start. I've used three different curriculum. I, my favorite one is just a teacher's manual called the ordinary guide to teach yes, the ordinary I guide to that. teaching reading parent the ordinary yep. parents guide to teaching reading There's parents is in there yeah that one is my very favorite very favorite way to teach my kids reading i tried teaching reading in 100 easy lessons which is another book similar i hated Me too. it Me I, too. I personally hated it i hated it too i have it downstairs i should just gift it to someone <laughs> yep my oldest learned to read with that book though so oh. it's like uh, I mean, as much as I hated it, that's how she learned to read. And she, uh, she asked me to teach her when she was four and a half Aww. and she was reading her Dr. Seuss books at five, like by the time she was five. I think that's a firstborn thing, honestly. Is it? Yeah. I feel like my first and all my friends at homeschool, their first, they all read early and are like really ahead of their grade level for reading. Yeah. Yeah, she, she's very ahead of her grade level. But then my second daughter came along, and she has dyslexia. And those mm -hmm. two books did not work yeah. at all. Yeah. And that, that was one of those ones where we went, we went like six months trying to teach her how to read using the Ordinary Parents Guide to Teaching Reading, and it was so painful. Oh. I finally broke down and did the All About Reading. Uh, broke down and bought it. Like I say yep. that, but it has been a lifesaver. Um, and she now reads. So that's been great. Um, she you is still behind reading for your second, child. for my second child. And, yeah. And I use the readers for my third and fourth kids. Um, oh. They're using the ordinary parents guide to teaching reading to learn. We're not going through the lessons of the other book, yeah. but they are using the readers to read through. So cool. yeah, I love it. I like but, the readers. They're cute. Yes, they are. Those are readers. And then we approach spelling next. So Mm -hmm. Spelling, I've always used all about spelling because I exchanged piano lessons. I gave piano lessons to a family for a month and they gave me three levels of all about spelling with all the extra bits that go with it. <laughs> uh, so you, do you like all about spelling? I kind of. <laughs> I, I have, I like it because again, my kids are very tactile. And so especially for like my second daughter, she really does well when she can hold the letters and move mm. them around and not just write them out. Yep. My older daughter, she, it works for her, but she could use a textbook. Um, and I inherited a bunch of books from my mom and my aunt. Um, and one of those books is spelling power, which is what I learned to spell with. Mm. Okay. I'm a terrible speller though. So I'm like looking at the book going, I remember that book and I remember using it but I'm such a terrible speller. I don't know if I should use it, <laughs> but I think that was more a personality thing and not a kid thing. Yeah. So, yep. so this year I'm considering still haven't made up my mind yet using spelling power with my oldest. And it's again, more in the textbook format. So I'm, I was going to add spelling last year and I didn't. And now I'm like, okay, 
I probably should add spelling this year. So I'm trying to figure out, and I've gone back and forth because I like all about reading and I've looked up all about spelling, but then I've heard mixed things and then there's spelling you see. Yep. I somehow, I don't know how I just, this curriculum just appears in my, in my homeschool room, but I one day was like going through stuff and I had these brand new spelling you see workbooks and I looked through it and because I love Matthew C and I guess like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I was expecting, but it, it was a little underwhelming. I was like, well, yeah. And then I have my friend who loves, I, I think it's called sequential spelling. Oh, I haven't heard that one. It's just a workbook, right? She's all about simplicity. She's like the simplicity homeschooler. So I love her and nice. her daughters are genius. And so she loves this sequential spelling. She's like, it's one note. It's one workbook. My daughters work through it. It's great. And so I'm considering trying that just because it's the lowest cost investment. Like if I invest in right. all the about spelling stuff that's going to be a bit of an investment so yeah yeah it's because it's funny my first son is such a good reader like yeah I don't he basically taught himself I really cannot even take responsibility but yet spelling and I'm like okay we need to go back it's exactly the same with us like I feel like we must have skipped really uh essential phonics along the way because I'm like he'll spell something and I'm like why do you think it's spelled like that (laughs) Like, where did you get that from? Because he can read these huge, complicated words, but yet yeah. he can't spell. So yeah. I'm like, okay, we might need to go back a little bit. So <laughs> I like the sequence. So I was a kid. I'm like spelling bee champ. I love to spell. Ugh. And so you do me, not want me on your spelling team. Let me just give you that heads up. <laughs> no, that's okay. We have different strengths, right? For me, I love spelling lists. Most people dread them, but I loved every week memorizing 10 words and and like I memorize them and I, and I'm a great speller. So I'm like, well, maybe, but it could just be personality. I'm just a language arts writing. I love grammar. I love sentence parsing. I love all that crap. So yeah. it might just be that I like to spell, but I don't know. So I think the sequential spelling is a little bit more like spelling list, which yeah. is easy for my brain to understand. I'm like this week, we're going to learn these 10 words. Like that, oh, makes, yeah. that just makes sense to me, I guess, because I'm used to it. That makes sense. I, what I like about um, all about spelling is they take, you, you were talking about the phonics side of things. They'll yeah. take a phonetic sound and help you break it down to see how that phonetic sound works in multiple words. So it's not, it's not in, in my mind, not just a random list of words. They have a reason why they're teaching you how to spell back and sack and duck because you're trying to get that CK sound and figure out how it works with multiple verbs or multiple um, vowels and consonant pairings. How how do those work together? Um, so that that I do really like. Um, I had a friend explain it to me one time. She said, um, "Reading is decoding this way, <laughs> going to the left, and then like, well, yeah." She she was using arrows, right? So yeah. reading is going one direction, decoding one direction. Spelling is decoding the opposite opposite direction, and so you can be a really good reader and not a really good speller. And then grammar, how did she put it? Grammar is um, making it all come together and making all of those things be understood as one whole unit. So she always sets it up that way. And she was one that was really encouraging me to break it up that way. Start with spell, start with reading. Once they're reading fairly well, then do spelling once they're spelling or at least understanding the concept of spelling, then move on to grammar. Um, So, the grammar that we use, um, my favorite is first language lessons, uh, by Susan wise. 
um, I said, well, Susan Wise Brown or just Susan Wise? Bauer. Thank Bauer. you. Bauer. Bauer. Susan Wise Bauer. I got it. <laughs> I'm a Susan Wise Bauer, Jesse Wise. I'm a yes. fan of yes. all the, I do the same thing. We do that for Well-Trained Mind, from Well-Trained Mind, and we do writing with ease. I am. Do you love it? Person. Okay. I'm, look, love, I'm love, looking into that love. for my oldest because I think she. Love. Love it. All right. Now we're on the, now my son is going to third. So your daughter, I think is older. So yeah. you may be past this is the first one I'm thinking of skipping it, but we're a bit behind, but I looked at it and I'm like, I think we can skip ahead because the first like 10 lessons are like talking about capitalizing proper nouns, like putting punctuation at the end of the sentence. Whereas oh, we're beyond that. We're, yeah. You're way past that. So you're probably not level one. Don't even look at that. Um, but I love writing with ease because it takes good stories, like good literature, because Susan Wise Bauer is just all about that rich literature. And it just, each week is a new story. So like this week will be Alice in Wonderland. Next week will be uh, Mary Poppins. And then you read a passage. And what I love is because I was the worst as a kid at reading comprehension. Like I always oh. scored so low on that. Oh. So what I love is I read a story and I say, so what did Mary Poppins say? You know, what did she have in her bag? And even my younger six-year-olds in the other room, like he loves, he like wants to answer the questions first. And Aww. it's just fun because it teaches them really how to pay attention to the passage, pull out important things. And then you ask them, you know, what did you think was the main idea or you know, what's something you remember from this passage? And then you, if they're able to write the sentence, they write it or you can write it for them. Yeah. So I just like it because for me, it's teaching like the beginnings of grammar and like punctuation and pronouns and where's the proper noun in this sentence. And yeah, I love uh, it. I love I'm a that. Girl. I love yeah. it. I, I got to level three with the, um, Language lessons. Oh, language lessons. Sorry. I totally just blanked. I've got like five different programs in my brain right now. Yeah, um, I'm with you. <laughs> and once we got to level three, my oldest, although she could do all the work and it wasn't hard, that was another one that like was pulling teeth to get her to do it because she got so bored in level three. Levels mm -hmm. one and two, easy. And she got it and she did it. And it's been working with our other kids too. Um, I'm actually going to go back and do levels one and two with my three youngest this year because we kind of accidentally skipped some stuff last year because last year was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but my oldest daughter, I've had to come up with something else for her. So I found Total Language Plus, which mm -hmm. is a literature-based workbook series where they'll take like a book, like um, Charlotte's Web, and they'll have seven units of, to, of study to that all focus around Charlotte's Web and they pull out spelling, they pull out grammar, they pull out writing, some memorizing, not a lot. Um, but I, they, you could do like one a semester or one a quarter. And I've been using, I'm going to be using that again for my oldest daughter this year. She started one last year and I loved it. It worked really well for me to give to her as a, like an independent study thing. And then she was also reading with it too. So yes. So, you know what I'm trying this year, which I really thought because I'm like a OG classical conversations person, like that, that was my introduction into homeschooling. Yeah. So I always was like, oh, I'm going to do IEW. And honestly, because I got so every week I got to sit into in essentials at CC, which they use IEW. I actually. What's IEW? It's Institute of Excellence in Writing. Okay. And 
uh, genius. Like to teach writing, I think it's phenomenal. And so <laughs> that's been always, I just assumed we would do that all the time. And that typically starts in fourth grade, although they have like beginner intro stuff to it. So what I decided I was going to do this year, because I'm such a fangirl again, <laughs> is I love Julie Bogard. Yes. <laughs> who, who doesn't love her? So I was like, I have to, she had this incredible special with, if you bought like Arrow Dart or one of her programs, you got in her Brave Home, Brave Learner Home for Lifetime, which is yeah. her membership. And I'm like, if I could spend Lifetime with Julie Bogard, why wouldn't I do that? So right. I, I got the Dart. So we're going to, I didn't get the full program of her. She has a full writing thing, but we're yeah. going to try the dart because it's very similar to what you just said. Like, I think August is Charlotte's web. It starts August 1st. Every single month is a new book and yeah. it has the same thing like copy work, um, reading comprehension. I think there actually is maybe a little spelling and it's based on age. So like I got my son, the books for seven to 10, which is dart. Yeah. But basically I wanted to try the whole brave writer philosophy and try it for a year to see if I wanted to after that stay that route and invest more into her programs or if I wanted to stick with the IEW or or Susan Wise Bauer well-trained mind like one of those yeah I was looking into the brave learner and I need to I need to join that for my oldest daughter I have to it's it's imperative she wants to be a writer well it depends on the day some days she wants to be a writer. Some days she doesn't, um, oh. but she's going <laughs> to, some days it's a fashion designer. She's, she's got all these plans and visions like her father. Um, she's very much a visionary and, but she right now has all these comic books that she is drawing and creating and oh, cool. she just needs like this much help to help with her story building. Like yep. the whole concept, the whole way through of how you're, where are you going with this story? Like what's the bigger picture? So I think yes. a writing course is essential for her this year. Yeah. So then let me think geography and history I put together and I use beautiful feet curriculum, beautiful feet books, <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is Christian. However, it's not so conservative or overtly Christian. I've been able to skip what I want, if that makes sense. The newer teacher guides don't have any of the Bible memorization stuff that the early ones, the early teacher manuals had. And so, and they've revised their early American history program to include other cultures. And so they have this whole extension pack now that they've just released in the last year uh, that goes over Native American stories and history, goes over African American history better than what they previously were doing. It goes over um, history from the South America and Mexico area and the tribes that used to live there and the whole Spanish invasion that happened there too, kind of how that affected the United States, because it did. Uh, yep. And so I like that a lot and their cool. sensitivity to the times right now, honestly. Yep. Um, so I'm, I am all about that company. Um, so, I'm actually an affiliate with that company. So if you want a link. <laughs> oh, good. Send me a link. Cause I was curious about beautiful feet. I actually met, um, I think he might be the CEO. I met this wonderful gentleman from California. He's definitely one of the big guys in the company. Okay. Um, and at this homeschool conference I was at this past year for like curriculum companies and stuff. Yeah. And, um, 
ever since then, I was like, you know, I need to check out Beautiful Feet. So is the, do you use books, like read alouds to teach it? Is that the idea? Yes. So it's the Charlotte Mason method where you have the living books. Living so books. picture yeah. books and biographies that are like engaging, or they'll have chapter uh, books that are really, really, um, that are written in third person. So it's like, it, okay. or written in story form, third person, not just textbook style. Um, so it's, nice. I, I love it. And it's very engaging. Um, they do have some different levels because they have, um, in the early American history, they have early elementary and upper elementary, the early elementary having more picture books, the upper elementary having more chapter books. Okay. And they are designed, you could, technically have your child read the books on their own in the upper elementary um, and their high school versions they also do the same thing um, or you can do it really by the book Charlotte Mason and just read aloud to your kids all of the books which is what I end up doing so that we combine history for everybody so, so is it expensive because you have to purchase all the individual books yes but they but. have the option of splitting it up so you can order one book at a time, or um, I have had friends just buy the teacher guide and then okay. check out their local library and see what does my library have available. Yeah. Um, which is what I've done. I've bought the teacher's manuals and then got things from my library. I can also, you can also do the um, interlibrary loan. And if you have a good library with a good interlibrary loan program, that works. Yeah. I have a very crappy library with a very small selection and their interlibrary loan um, setup is you can only get two books out, of, out at a time and it takes about a month to get each book. So that worked for me for like two weeks. And <laughs> um, I ended up going with thriftbooks.com and finding a lot of books there okay. um, for cheaper, but um, their prices on Beautiful Feet Books website are comparable to the, the thrift books prices oh, cool. and they're brand new so um send me a link yeah. i want to look at this i will so do that's it. your history and your geography yes and then science we use the apologia textbooks again written from the christian perspective but this is where i i read aloud those textbooks and honestly i curve some of the language just so that it's not Christian and not so overtly Christian. I'm not really against Christianity. My problem is just, I don't know. Maybe I am. I don't know. I don't know what my problem is. I have a lot of issues with Christianity and with church. Yeah, and so, funny. so I try and just do it as a, just a scientific, like, let's just look at yeah. the scientific side of things. We're not going to bring theology into it. And so that's how I approach it. And I supplement the textbooks with picture books for my younger kids. I supplement that uh, with a lot of Usborne books. Actually, I'm an Usborne yeah. books and more consultant and they yeah, have so them. many great science books that yeah. I have tons of those on hand as uh, supplement books. So with the Apologia, cause that's another thing I was like, okay, my son's going to third. We should probably, we've always just done like the CC memory work and then expanded yeah. on it. So, you know, like this year, if we, continue will be human body and then I've I'm, I was a nurse so I have a lot of knowledge of human body and I have all these books and so but I was like you know maybe he's going to third grade like I feel like it might be time to go into something a little more formal yeah. um 
so everybody always is like apologia apologia and i'm like but is it something where like he reads a chapter and then he answers questions like what's the yes it look yes so there so there's it's split up into i think most of the books are 14 chapters most of them so it's designed for you to do one chapter in two weeks that makes okay. sense the way they have it set up um you can buy you can buy the optional um workbooks which is like a notebook that they've already written out they have some cool pictures that you can color or, or space for you to do some um copy work the copy work is all scripture verses having to do with whatever science concept you're learning so there's be just so you're aware of that yeah they also have little activities in the workbooks um which like paper cutting activities are like, what facts did you learn? For example, okay, we did the bird one this last year or flying creatures because it was bugs, birds, and flying dinosaurs. Aww. And so you would read about how, uh, like the first couple chapters, aerodynamics and how does, how does a bird fly? And so then they have these little, uh, what do they call them? Pocket books or something like that, where they're just these tiny little cutout books that you make and you can write in the words, fun mm. facts about aerodynamics. And so kids are like just small bits of information they can write in. They also have sheets where you can write more facts or you can take notes in these notebooks as your parent. The children can take notes as the parent is reading aloud about aerodynamics too. Got it. And then in the textbook, there's always an experiment at the end of the book um, so, or at the end of the chapter. So you read for two weeks and then the final day, if you want, you can do this experiment, which has to do with whatever it was you were looking at uh, cool. or learning. So like sure. with the aerodynamics, make paper airplanes and figure out what style flies best kind of thing. Yep. So Makes it, sense. it doesn't come with any of your materials that you might need, but it gives you the how to's and most of the experiments are, you can use stuff from your kitchen. So nice. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Okay. Do you use anything else? That's all I use right now. We yeah. don't do any foreign language studies yet. We don't do civics no, don't yet. Um, for art, music, and PE, I just do my own thing. Like, yeah. we have a really great art studio near our house that when COVID's not a thing, we have an excellent art teacher who gives community oh. classes. And cool. so that one, I have them do her fall and her spring class and count that as our art. Yep. Um, and I'm a music That's teacher, so... <laughs> What's that? I'm not an artistic per like I I'm a wannabe artistic person. So that's I've thought about that, like just signing them up for art classes because I I am not the person to teach them about you know watercolors and clay and I'm not that person. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not either. I draw a stick person um, sometimes in the standing yeah. position. Sometimes it looks like they're leaning the Leaning Tower of Pisa. So yeah. you don't yeah, want me to teaching my kids that so and this art teacher is amazing if you're local to me reach out because she's awesome she does she does the how-to's of the fine painting or art or you know the actual artistic stuff but then she gives the history behind it too so it turns into an art history course and she'll go on a theme it's awesome she did the wow. renaissance a couple years ago and my kids know all about the renaissance That's um so neat. yeah Last fall, it was Greek, Greece and Greek mythology and Greek cool. art. And uh, two of my three kids who were in the class ended up being uh, Greek gods or goddesses for uh, Halloween. So oh, it was awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's my kids love all that, too. I think because I love Greek mythology and 
I don't know. I love all that stuff too. That is really cool. I want to take the class. I know. I do too. And she does do classes for adults. I just, I don't have the time because, and I don't have the, I, I like the idea of learning the history behind it, but I, you don't want me to try and like make stuff out of clay because it, it won't turn out. Trust me. I've tried. <laughs> the wind supplies. I feel that. Yeah. So yeah. What do you guys use for your history and science? Well, so, you know, cause we've been doing the CC thing for so long since my oldest was three it's just kind of like we've used that for geography because it comes with maps and so uh we kind of just go with their cycles and then with history story of the world which is also from susan weisbauer mm-hmm. um goes with it so we've done story of the world kind of in um in what's the word mm, you know at the same time parallel i guess to sure. what we're learning but again like we don't have a formal history curriculum and I do like the CC memory work but I do feel there's a lot of gaps if you're not filling in those gaps yourself and so uh I'm gonna look into beautiful feet because I like I just feel like my boys if I give too many textbooks and I know me as a kid I that's why my husband's like you don't know anything about history and I swear (laughs) it's because those textbooks I'd have this homework and I'd go to the, the end of the chapter I'd see the three questions I'd find the answer I'd answer it I'd get an A, but I didn't actually learn anything. Yeah. So for me, textbooks work for certain people great. Like my husband's a genius and he loved textbooks, but for me, it got lost somewhere in the mix. So I feel like I love the idea of a living book, especially for history, because it helps me understand the story of what happened. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Um, if it ends up being a price issue. You can also, um, there are so many Facebook groups that have people selling beautiful feet books that they're done using. And I've seen like, they have a, what's it called? History of classical music curriculum that I was drooling over, (laughs) especially as a musician. And I could, I couldn't afford it because it was like extra history that I really didn't need. (laughs) And I found, um, two different ladies were selling two different parts of the curriculum and it happened to not be any of the same parts. Like it happened to work together. And so I saved a ton of money um, buying it used. So I, I love it. I, I, I still pull it out now and then I haven't gone through it officially with all my kids, but I've taken bits and pieces of it and used it here and there. So everybody so I realized that was sort of an odd place to stop our interview however that's as far as we got that day we had already been recording for almost two hours and needed to stop we've got our businesses going we've got kids to take care of so we needed to take a break for a little bit we will definitely come back I will be having Serena on multiple podcasts here in the future I basically asked her if she'd be a co-host for foreign toe podcasts so you'll hear a lot more from her in the future and we'll have her back on to talk more about what she uses for her core subjects math and language arts and science if you're interested in joining Serena's community go look her up at theconfidenthomeschooler.com you can also find her on Facebook and Instagram at theconfidenthomeschooler the Foreign Toe Podcast is brought to you today by the Foreign Toe Community. If you want more information about how you can be involved in a homeschool community that's online and designed with you, the homeschool parent, in mind, go check out patreon.com backslash Podcast. We've got a Facebook group, we have a book club, and we have a special planner and 
one-on-one planning times with yours truly. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at 4intopodcast. And until next time, you guys, have a great homeschooling week. And remember, you've got this.